0: He oh, wow. that page, man. A lot of torque from the hips on that shot. Yeah, he just collapsed the jacket. He's going to slap tits, he said. Is that what he said? That's exactly what he said. I, 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 I need a volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Coming to you from Slam Island, this is Matt Baskey with episode three of Throwing Couch Potatoes, the show where I watch an unreasonable amount of pro wrestling until I die? Uh, This episode, we're covering everything I watched uh, between the period of the 14th and the 21st of January, and uh, a couple of uh, matches that I checked out from before that as well. So let's get right into it. So this month, I watched about, uh, I think, 93 matches, again, down from last week, because I had uh, some real-life shit to deal with, always fun. But uh, I started out with what, catching up on DDT from their show on the Sweet Dreams Tour. Uh, this show opened up with a six-man tag, Harashima, Hideki Okatani, and Keigo Nakamura versus Tetsuya Endo, Junakiyama, and Yusuke Okada. It's weird that there's another Okada, and he's, 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 not, he's not Okada Okada. I don't know. I'll never get used to that. Anyways, uh, this was a fairly okay six-man tag. I gave it a 2.5. Not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, After that, there was Antonio Honda and Kazuma Sumi versus MJ Paul and Canon. Uh, I did not enjoy this as much as the previous MJ Pollen canon match that I watched. It was missing the uh, the fun, creative spots, so that was just a 2.5 for me. Uh, after that, Kazuki Harada, Yuya Kuroku, and Akito took on Pheromones, Yuki Ino and Danshoku Dino. Dino? Yeah, it's Danshoku Dino. Uh, and Shunma Katsumata who was uh, attempting to join pheromones and had to dress as a dog. Uh, This was an incredibly gay match. I haven't seen a whole lot of pheromones before, but uh, since I started watching DDT this year, I've been kind of waiting, like, when is all the gay stuff going to happen? Here, apparently. Uh, This was a pretty entertaining comedy match. A lot of fun ass spots and uh, katsumata pretending to be a dog was pretty funny when people started like kicking him and pheromones were acting like they were kicking a real dog uh, i like that quite a bit so 2.75 for that match it was a good bit of fun uh, after that soma uh, soma to uh, took on kotaro suzuki i don't remember anything about this match i gave it a 2.25 uh, and then Makoto Oishi and Shiori Asahi took on Mao and Toyokojima. Kojima. Uh, Mao obviously usually teams with Shunma, but he's busy with other things. Uh, This was a pretty entertaining bout. I like Makoto and Shiori. I like their punk rock boiler suits. They look really cool. And uh, this was a a pretty fun, fast-paced tag match. Uh, We also had Senshiro Takagi and Fuminori Abe take on Chris Brooks and Takeshi Masada. I like me some Abe. I like me some Chris Brooks. Uh, This was not the most memorable match. I gave it a 2.5. After that, we had another tag match, Yugi uh, Yuji Hino and Yuki Onaya versus Kazusada Higuchi and Yuki Ishida. Uh, once again, Higuchi is uh, a fucking beast, and this match was mostly to get over how fucking cool he is. And the main event was a three-way elimination bout for the DDT Universal Championship, Yuki Uno versus Naruki Doi and Daisuke Sasaki. Uh, this match started out, kind of ich. I'm not a huge fan of Sasaki. He looks cool, but uh, he's just kind of plain in the ring. And this match definitely picked up quite a bit once he was eliminated. I liked uh, Ueno and Doi uh, going at it. It got pretty good towards the end. So uh, that one got a 3.25 from me. Uh, And then on the 14th, there was uh, another Stardom Triangle Derby show. This was night five. Uh, it opened up with a tag match, Miyu Amisaki and Wakasukimaka versus Stars, Mayu Awatani and Momokogo. Uh, pretty entertaining tag bout. I gave it a 3. Awatani is always great. Uh, after that, there was a tournament match, Mihime and Lady C versus Unique Glare. Um, this was better than the first Unique Glare match I saw, I believe. I gave it a 3. And I do like Ruika and Starlight Kid quite a bit. Uh, Neo Stardom Army took on Venus Club, I also gave this a 3 Better than the last Venus Club match I watched, but not as good as the first one Uh, Following that, 7-Up took on Prominence, Uh, I quite like this match, I like both these teams I like Prominence especially, Um, they might be my favorite to win the whole thing I gave that a 3.25. That was your main event and probably worth checking out. Uh, TJPW also has a tag tournament going on, the Max Heart Tournament, which started on the 15th. Uh, the opening match was Wakana Uehara versus Shoko Nakajima. I like Nakajima quite a bit. This wasn't the most memorable match, though. I gave it a 2.5. Can't tell you much about it, I'm afraid. I watched this on like Monday. Uh, after that, there was a triple threat: Mizuki versus Palm Harajuku versus Hyper Masao. Uh, as usual with a Masao match, this was a, a bit of goofy comedy, but not as fun as some of the other ones I've seen from her so far this year. I gave it a 2.25, and I find Palm kind of annoying, but whatever. That's that's the point. Six woman tag after that: Suzume, Ariso, Endo, and Kayatori Bami versus Rika Tatsumi, Miyu Watanabe, and Himawari. Uh, this was a decent match. Uh, the unfortunate thing with six-person tags in Japan is that they're often there to fill time, so there's not a whole lot to say. Uh, that was a 2.5 from me. And then another, uh, tag match. This was the opening rounds uh, for Max Heart 3, Moka Miyamoto and Jiria Nagano versus Yuki Kamafuku and Mahiro Kiryu. Um, this was, uh, Pretty solid, fast-paced tag bout. 2.75 for me, which I also gave to the next opening round match. Yuki Aino and Raku versus Saki Akai and Yuki Arai. Uh, I love Saki and Yuki. They're a really cool team. And uh, this was a pretty enjoyable match as well. So 2.75 for both the opening round matches. And then your main events, uh, so four teams in this tournament get a first-round bye and go right to the quarterfinals, and that was the case with this match here. Hikari Noah and now Kakuta versus Mio Yamashita and Maki Ito. Can't wait to see both of them in Vancouver in March. Uh, this was slightly better than uh, the rest of the show. I gave it a 3. Uh, Yamashita didn't get a ton of offense in. It was mostly uh, Maki in the ring for the opening uh, minutes of this match. But it ended up being pretty solid all around. So I gave that one a 3 out of 5. Moving over to AEW, Dark Elevation aired on the 16th. It opened with uh, another 6-woman tag. Nyla Rose, Marina Shafir, and Emmy Sakura versus Johnny Robbie, Vipress, and Zyra. Um, I don't really know what they're doing with this Nyla Rose Marina Shafir storyline. It keeps seeing like seeming like it's going to end and then it doesn't. And then it picks up again, but doesn't go anywhere. Um, I don't remember much about this match. 2.5. Uh, up next two Buffalo boys, Dar- uh, Daniel Garcia versus Kevin Blackwood. Uh, unfortunately I was really excited for this match and, uh, it just didn't quite get off the ground in the way that I had hoped it would both guys are really solid technical wrestlers um you know give them 15 minutes and they'll put on a banger but this was a dark match uh but it was still pretty good 2.75 another six-person tag Ari Davari, Nick Ruiz, and Zach Clayton versus Dark Order, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds don't know what they're doing with Ari Davari here like he has his own stable of dudes but then here he is in a six-man tag with jobbers uh this one was pretty fun. Love Silver and Reynolds, Love Uno, two point seven five. Following that we had La Faction Ingobernable, Preston Vance and Rouche versus Mysterioso and Diego Valens. Uh these two jobbers got pretty soundly squashed. I gave it a two point two five. Surely they know that these guys are in Gobernable. Like they shouldn't try to gober them. Anyways. Uh <laughs> It's a terrible joke. Following that, we had an eight-man tag. The Wingmen, Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth, along with the Spanish Announce Project, Luther and Supentico, versus Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Brandon Cutler. Uh, More Ethan Page shenanigans with Matt Hardy. He's just been so funny lately, and kind of keeps these otherwise pretty unremarkable matches entertaining. I gave it a 275 And I like that uh, Ethan Page's uh, program with Hardy is bleeding over onto TV now, too. Uh, He's been great lately. Uh, Then we had Willie Mack versus Brian Cage straight out of Lucha Underground. Um... Huge pop for Willie Mac, uh, and it makes sense that they would uh, run this match back on Rampage. Um, yeah, this was a, a pretty fun one. These guys know each other well, they have great chemistry, and they're both huge dudes that can do jaw-dropping moves, so this was uh, definitely a good one. Three out of five, I'd say uh, check it out if you like either guy. Uh, Next, we have a ROH Women's Championship Eliminator match. It took me so long to find out what the Eliminator matches actually mean, but basically it's a non-title bout against a champion. If you beat them, you get a title shot. Uh, So this was Athena versus Zeta Zhang. Uh, Another Athena dark match. She beats the shit out of her opponent. It looks pretty nasty. 275 And then we had your main event, the Butcher and the Blade versus Top Flight, uh, Dante and Darius Martin versus Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta in a three-way tag bout. Uh, This match was suitably chaotic, and uh, with, you know, Top Flight and Blackpool Combat Club, who have been wrestling a lot lately... uh, This was quite enjoyable. A lot of great wrestlers in the ring here. And Butcher and Blade are are always great, too. So this was a 3.25. A solid dark main event and worth checking out. And then we have Monday Night Raw, which opened up with Mustafa Ali versus Solo Sokoa. Very happy to see Mustafa Ali on TV. Uh, Unfortunately, this match was not great, and he didn't get to show off any Mustafa Ali stuff. 2.25, Solo Sokoa just wins stuff, and he's, eh. Uh, After that, oh, hot damn, we got the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. I defy you to put this match on and have it suck ass, because this is for pretty solid wrestlers here. They can have an entertaining match with a closet full of brooms. Uh this was a 3.25 for me. Street Profits are one of the best tag teams in WWE by far and Shelton and Cedric are perpetually underrated. This was a a good one. What wasn't a good one was Elias versus Omos. Uh Elias isn't bad. He's a he's a pretty solid brawler, but uh Omos is he's just a really big boy and uh not a whole lot else to say other than that. Uh, I gave that match a two. It was almost bad uh, and after that we had the Judgment Day, Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio versus alpha academy uh Alpha Academy are great. They were able to pull some entertaining spots out of this match, but it 's Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio. you know your mileage may vary for me, that was a two point seven five I hate the Judgment Day, mostly because they've got Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor locked into just this loser stable that nobody likes. It's really unfortunate. After that, oh shit, Io Sky versus Mi Chin, or uh, Mia Yim if you prefer. It sounds like the commentary has finally decided that her name is indeed Mi Chin. Um, Another one where if you gave them 15 minutes, this match would probably be excellent, but it's a Raw TV match, so uh not uh, enough time or resources to make this what it could be uh, 2.75 from me. then we have Akira Tozawa getting squashed by Bronson Reed. Uh, this was a pretty entertaining squash bout because Akira was selling like crazy. He's been doing that a lot lately. Uh, he's a great guy to bring in if you want to get a new star over and you know they want to build up Bronson Reed to where he's big enough that he can lose to their top guys because that's what you do with a guy who beat okada apparently uh, 2.75 and then your main event it's a six-way elimination match i think this was for the number one contendership and it was uh seth rollins versus finn balor versus the miz versus baron corbin versus bobby lashley versus dolph ziggler wow that list starts off great and then takes a turn Um, this match had a lot of time to work with, so, uh, you know, six, well, five consummate pros and Baron Corbin. That's enough time for them to put on a pretty entertaining bout, even on Raw. So this was a 3.25, not quite a match that I would recommend you go out of your way to see, but if you like any of these six guys, it wasn't a, a bad viewing at all. Uh, this was a better Raw than some of the other ones i've seen so far this year it actually had two worthwhile matches holy crap uh yeah i am dreading raw 30 which is happening today though because uh a lot of legends a lot of segments and i think they've only announced like three matches for it it's gonna be dire but we have more dark from AEW on the 17th which opened with Kiara hogan versus danica de La rouge um, pretty forgettable bout. I gave it a 2.25. Then we have another Brian Cage match, this time against Carl Randers. Uh, after giving a lot of offense to Willie Mack in the previous episode of Elevation, he just absolutely ran through Randers here, which makes sense, 2.25. Then we have the Jericho Appreciation Society, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia versus Brian Cook and Deimos. Uh, this was all right. I did don't mind Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia's shtick right now of leaning into how annoying Sammy is. You know, that seems to be the right thing to do with him. This match, uh it was alright. 2.5. Following that, we had Action Andretti versus Ari Divari. Andretti is Tony Khan's new fancy toy, and he's getting a lot of matches so that they can kind of figure out what he can do. Uh, this was slightly better than the last match. I gave it a 2.75, point seven has got some good offense, and Ari DeVore is a solid hand, so not bad. Uh, then we had another squash, Powerhouse Hobbs just demolishing poor old Jaden uh, from Portland. This was a 2.25. It uh, did what it set out to do, but not a whole lot to really chew into here. And then we have a tag match, the Jericho Appreciation Society again, this time Matt Menard and Angelo Parker versus Midnight Heat, Eddie Pearl and Ricky Gibson. Uh, Midnight Heat are one of the top indie tag teams going in the United States. You wouldn't know it from this match because they did not get to do a whole lot. This was 2.25. Uh, and then we have more of The Butcher in the Blade versus Blackpool Combat Club, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, this is kind of bleeding off of their last uh, main event on Dark Elevation. Um, this one wasn't quite as good without Top Flight, but still a very entertaining tag bout. I gave it a three. So Elevation was a little better than uh, regular Dark this week, and overall I feel like Dark was kind of a disappointment. It wasn't nearly as mid as, uh, the latest episode of NXT, which, uh, once again opens with Carmelo Hayes, this time with Trick Williams against Axiom and Apollo Crews, uh, nowhere near as good as Carmelo and Crews' uh, singles match. I give this one a three, an enjoyable opener, um, but didn't quite have, uh, The immediate jaw-dropping reaction that I had to Carmelo Hayes versus Apollo Cruz from earlier in this month it was all right though and then we had Alba Fire versus Sol Ruka Sol Ruka seems to be like the hot new thing in the women's division in NXT she's got a cool finisher she can do handstands yeah I don't know she's got some some gimmicky stuff if she can tighten up her game and become a solid wrestler they might have something here Uh, This match was just okay, though. 2.5. Then a tag match. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus Gallus, Mark Coffey, and Wolfgang. Uh, Another 2.5. I I couldn't tell you anything about this one. Uh, Same thing goes for the next match. Valentina Feroz versus Thea uh, Thea Hale. I couldn't even describe these women to you. See, it's unfortunate because NXT is just overloaded with new names. And it used to be that you'd get a drip feed of them. You'd have a bunch of wrestlers that you already knew from the indie scene, or at least they were presented like, oh, you should know this guy. And then you'd get the the nobodies kind of sprinkled in with it, and then you get to know them, and then you have, you know, like the revival. But uh, that's not what they're doing here. They just have an ocean of forgettable, unspecial wrestlers that I can't remember for the life of me and they have you know four or five standouts among them it's it's pretty interesting that if you look at the women's division especially like the best wrestler they have is Roxanne Perez why is she the best wrestler they have because she's the only one who worked on the indies and has any experience outside of WWE it really matters (sighs) 2.5 NXT is in dire straits but what are you gonna do about it cry? Probably. After that, we had Javier Bernal versus Tyler Bates. Uh, love Tyler. He's uh, fantastic in the ring. He's got incredible, unique moves that only he does. So this was uh, better than average. I gave it a 2.75. And then the main event, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Lyra Valkyria and Roxanne Perez. Um, yeah, this match was only good because every time perez got in the ring things turned up uh in quality quite a bit she's a really good wrestler and they're honestly very lucky to have her uh because having worked in ring of honor before she could have easily gone to aew but uh, wwe was her dream and they kind of lucked out on that because she's going to be a very very useful um person for them in the coming years Pretty mid-NXT, much like last week. Had one okay match, and everything else was really forgettable. Seems to be the way it goes. Anyways, light the fuse, drink the boom, it's dynamite. On the 18th, uh, we opened with Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. I don't want to harp on Jay Lethal every single episode, but the the guy is just not for me. I gave it a 2.5. Yeah, not a very exciting match. You know, it was an exciting match. Top Flight versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Uh, These two teams have fought before, but Top Flight is a very different team since then, and this was uh, pretty cool just to see how far they've come. I gave it a 3.75. This match was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, After that, Jake Hager versus Ricky Starks. Getting real tired of Jake Hager's hat, 2.5. And then the match that uh, you probably tuned in to see, Brian Danielson versus Bandito. Uh, I've met both these guys. They're fantastic wrestlers. Bandito especially is going to be a huge, huge deal. Uh, I mean, he already is, but he's going to mature into a very, very good wrestler. Um, The unfortunate thing right now is that he's a little inconsistent. You know, he can certainly do technical wrestling and grappling enough to, you know, hang with Brian Danielson. But watching the two of them work, you can really tell that Bandito is just a little sloppier And he can't really keep up And and have it as tight as Danielson does But honestly, who can? Uh, This was still a fantastic match Danielson getting to do um, Some more Lucha-inspired grappling Has been a little different from some of the stuff He's done lately Uh, I gave it a 3.75 This wasn't quite as good as I had hoped for Because I have to judge Danielson matches On a bit of a harsher curve But this was still really, really good Uh, And then we had Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. I'm still kind of on the fence about Tony Storm. I I, I don't love her wrestling, but she's got a great look. She's charismatic. The fans like her. I don't hate her by any stretch of the imagination, but... I do feel like I should like Tony Storm a lot more than I do. This, however, was a pretty good match. Uh I gave it a three out of five. Willow is a very good signing for AEW. They need people who stand out in the women's division, and she has just buckets of charisma, so she's gonna do very well. And then our main event, Darby Allen versus Holy Shit, it's Kushida. For the TNT Championship, uh, Kushida finally free from his NXT prison. I'm sure uh, when he left Japan, he expected he'd be having, you know, feuds with Smoa Joe or, I don't know, Kyle O'Reilly or something. And instead, he got there right in time for NXT to become a completely different beast. So now he's finally free, he can wrestle like Kushida again, and nobody's gonna put him in the garbage. This match was fucking great. Uh, Darby has been on an absolute tear, but this was the Kushida show, honestly. I swear they must have told him, just go out there and remind people why you're awesome. Uh, his strikes were great. His submissions were great. And uh, yeah, he was a really good opponent for Darby. I gave this a 4 out of 5. Uh, go out of your way to see it. Every single Darby Allen match this year so far has been on my recommended list he's on a hot streak right now it's it's pretty insane uh solid dynamite there were a couple of lower points um i am never happy to see Jay lethal and Jake Hager can kick rocks but a really solid show overall they've been having some good ones lately now let's turn it down way down for wwe main events Oh boy, opening up with Dana Brooke versus Zoe Stark. You know how I said it's a, a good um, uh, shtick to have a, an experienced veteran take on an NXT person? Well, that doesn't really work when it's Dana Brooke. It's frustrating how long she's been around and never improved. Anyways, this is a 2.25 match, barely serviceable. Uh, after that, the main event of main events actually a pretty cool match. It was Dexter Loomis versus Charlie Dempsey, a.k.a. William Regal Jr. Uh, this was uh, a fun-ish match, about as fun as you can get on main event. I like both these guys, and they had some fairly solid uh, technical exchanges here. But uh, again, this is a match where more time, more resources. They could have had something special. Instead, it was just okay. Uh, 2.5 for me. Then we move on to Impact Wrestling, coming off of the massive success of Hard to Kill. (laughs) Just go ahead and reinforce why their TV show is weird. Um, Incredible main event on this show, and everything else was just kind of, eh, it opened with uh, Jordan Grace, Mickey James and Frankie Kazarian versus Bully Ray, Tasha Steele and Savannah Evans. This was a really weird six-person tag. Kazarian was barely in it and Savannah Evans got tagged in so many times like she was doing a lot of heavy lifting for this one. A bit of a head scratcher. I gave it a 2.5. It was all right. Uh following that, Deanna Perazzo took on Ashley Damboise, Uh Perazzo Basically carried this match. This was kind of just reminding people that she's a top talent, even though she lost at Hard to Kill. Uh pretty good squash, 2.75. And we had Taylor Wilde versus Killer Kelly. They were a part of the four-way at Hard to Kill, so this match uh kind of uh, trickles off of that. Um solid stuff. I like Killer Kelly. Um nothing amazing to write home about here, but this was a good one, two point seven five. Uh, after that, Steve Macklin took on Dirty Dango. Uh, you might know him better as Fan Dango. Dango is fun? Question mark. I don't know. I, I, I don't think either of these guys are ever going to surprise me. They're just uh, those types of wrestlers. Two point seven five. And then the main event—the whole reason you would want to watch Impact this week—holy uh, shit! Kenny King versus Speedball Mike Bailey in a pit fight. If you've ever heard of Josh Barnett's Bloodsport, it's basically this. No ropes, knockout or submission only. This is the kind of environment where Mike Bailey can really turn some heads. Uh, This match was so creative, so hard-hitting. It had spots that are going to live in my head for a while. I'd never seen Kenny King before, but he was really impressive. His strikes were great. Uh, definitely the type of wrestler that can keep up with speedball Uh, this match fucking rocked I gave it a 4.25 I would say this was about the 5th best match I've seen all year Uh, better than Blackpool Combat Club uh, versus Top Flight and I have it just under Takeshita versus Danielson Uh, yeah really good stuff I'm probably going to watch this match again just because it was so different from what you normally see on TV and this has me very excited for Bloodsport this year uh, so, mixed bag from Impact, but the main event is so worth your time. Please go out of your way to see it. It It's awesome. And then over to NXT Level Up, the show that should not be. Uh, starting with Nikita Lyons versus Jakara Jackson. I get the impression that Nikita Lyons was getting a push a while ago, and now Saul Ruka has that push. Huh. Um, This match was very meh. I don't remember much about it other than Nikita's gear just being like, Jesus Christ, two out of five. She's got a lot of straps. Damon Kemp versus Tank Ledger was next. Uh, Both these guys are ugh, like they have WWE production behind them, so they're presented like, you know, well-put-together characters, but neither of them wrestles like a professional. Um, These are both guys that I feel like if they had been on the indies for three or four years before coming to WWE, they would do a lot better in NXT, but instead they're just okay. 2.25. And then another NXT-ass match, we have Odyssey Jones in some of the worst gear I've ever seen. God, blue and orange checkerboard? Ugh made me want to puke versus Joe Gacy uh, again a pretty forgettable match I don't know what I'm supposed to say other than Odyssey looked pretty bad at 2.25 and then it's the show that y'all been waiting on it's Rampage adrenaline pumping in the thing uh, we opened this week with Jungle Boy versus Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page, uh, very, very entertaining lately. Jungle Boy teaming with Hook. Everyone's really horny for that. Uh, this was a 3 out of 5 for me. It started off kind of eh, but Ethan Page was uh, so entertaining, especially uh, when he made the call, You want to slap tits? I'll slap tits. <laughs> He's so fucking funny. I've, I've completely done a 180 on Ethan Page, and as long as he can talk and be a goofball he's uh making some good tv uh yeah fun match three out of five after that we have willie mac versus brian cage in a rematch from dark elevation this time they got a little more time to work with and a little uh, more space to breathe so this match was a little bit better 3.25 uh yeah watching these guys wrestle is cool i hope willie mac sticks around Then we have Jade Cargill and Layla Gray versus the Vanity Twins, Jada and Jordan Vanity. Uh, This was an okay tag squash match. They're kind of just spinning their wheels with Jade until they can get to her 50th consecutive win uh, in the singles competition, which is, I imagine, going to happen very soon. And then your main event, Daniel Garcia versus Action Andretti. Andretti's getting around. He's, uh, main eventing shows and wrestling all these good wrestlers. He's a pretty solid guy. Uh, this match was all right. I gave it a three out of five. Uh, Garcia, maybe Andretti isn't the type of wrestler that he's gonna have a classic with, but, you know, this was far from bad. Uh, I just wouldn't say it was, uh, Maybe the kind of caliber that an AEW main event normally is, but still worth checking out. Three out of five. Then we went over to SmackDown, and oh my god, SmackDown had good wrestling this week. It's a miracle. Uh, And even then, it was... (laughs) Well, you'll see. Uh, So this week, we had... uh, the start of a tag team tournament to determine who's going to face the Usos at Royal Rumble. So it opened with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. Uh, this was a pretty entertaining uh, brawling match. Sheamus and Drew worked pretty good as a tag team. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say about the Viking Raiders is smash white supremacy. Punch Nazis, make them cry. After that, we had LA Knight versus Brent Jones. This was the worst match I saw all week. It was barely anything, a very short squash that was inter- uh, interrupted by brain Wyatt nonsense. Uh, I am dreading the Mountain Dew lights out match, except for, you know, enjoying it for how shit it's obviously going to be. Uh, 1.75 on that one, the only match that I rated lower than a 2 this week. Uh, and then we had another first-round match in this tag tournament, Hit Row, Topdala and Ashanti the Adonis versus Los Lotharios, Humberto and Ankel. Oh, this match makes me sad. Tabdala is an embarrassingly bad wrestler, and uh, even Humberto Calrío and uh, Angel Garza were not able to drag this to uh, being anything good. 2.25, and I only gave it the 2.5 because Los Los Lotharios had some nice dives. And then we had uh, the Brawling Brutes, Ridge Holland, and my best friend Butch versus Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. And they were accompanied to the ring by Gunther. Uh, this was a pretty fun match. I love, I, well, I don't want to say I love the Brawling Brutes, I love Butch. I love Pete Dunne. He's one of my absolute favorite wrestlers. Uh, Very, very, very fortunate to have seen him wrestle live in an indie capacity before he was full time WWE. Uh, Ridge Holland, though, yeah, Ridge just kind of sucks. Like, every time he got into the ring in this match, um, you could tell, you know, there's three good wrestlers and Ridge Holland in here. And, unfortunately, this match was mostly centered around building up to hot tags to Ridge. So, kind of sucked for that aspect of it. But, everything else that was going on was pretty solid. I gave it a three. Love me some Butch. Want to see more Butch. Three weeks into the year, and we finally get a Butch match on TV. What the hell, WWE. I honestly kind of wish that they had something like Dark or Dark Elevation. Because Main Event and NXT level up, you get... Five matches between them every week, and they're all terrible. Whereas on Dark, you know, you could have Butch be doing stuff, and it would be good, and people would watch it. I don't know. And then your main event, Legado del Fantasma. They were against the Maximum Male Models, Massey and Mansoir. Uh, (laughs) I gotta say, I like the Maximum Male Models gimmicks. Uh, This match, though, was just i i I honestly can't tell you much about it other than uh, Mansoir getting yeeted around This was a 2.5 for me So a, a very mixed bag on Smackdown This this week uh, Nothing on the caliber of Sami Zayn Versus Kevin Owens But with some decent tag matches This ended up feeling like a better show uh, Than they've had recently So not too terrible and Then on the 20th I uh, went over to Vancouver To see some live wrestling WrestleCore presents Destroy Wrestling Wrestle ocalypse. Uh, this was at the Rickshaw Theater. I uh, went with a couple of friends from high school. This uh, is kind of like a heavy metal inspired indie wrestling show with a live band. Um, very chaotic, very grungy, pretty simple presentation. Uh, and yeah, this match, op- uh, the show opened with Risky Business, Mr. Ferguson and Mr. Pesky versus Reloaded, Sharif Morrow and Jackie Lee. Uh, I love Mr. Ferguson. He's one of my favorite local wrestlers. It's just endlessly entertaining. I love his old-school bouncer-enforcer gimmick. Really, really cool stuff. And Reloaded's always fun. Um, this was a pretty energetic brawl to get the show started. Uh, I feel like it didn't really show off a lot of what Reloaded could do, but you know, this was more of a work-the-crowd match, get everyone hyped up for the start of the show. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Uh, after that bambi hall took on calamity kate i will say calamity kate had one of the all-time best entrances i've ever seen um coming out to a live punk band and wearing a metal plated thong which she was uh tearing at with a an angle grinder Sparks flying everywhere. It was pretty fucking cool. Uh Unfortunately, these two didn't really click for me, and it was kind of a, a messy bout. Uh, I gave it a two, but it was... Uh... Still a fun time and didn't overstay its welcome. Uh, following that, we had Shreds versus Malik Mello. Uh I like Malik quite a bit. Shreds is alright. Uh, this match was okay. It had some alright brawling, some fighting in the crowd and all that jazz. Uh, another 2.5. And then we had Taron from Accounting versus Elliot Tyler. I uh, love both these two, and it was pretty cool to see them wrestle a match. This one just didn't really quite get off the ground for me, and it ended kind of abruptly, so I'll give it a 2.5. Uh, there was an intermission around this point, and then when it came back, the uh, match quality took a, a massive jump. Then we had Tony Baroni versus Casey Ferreira. I haven't seen Casey before. This is my first time seeing him. Uh, Obviously, he's a rough diamond, but he can do a lot of really impressive stuff, so he's going to improve to a really solid high flyer. And a guy like Tony Baroni, you can trust him to put on a solid match every time. They did a top rope Spanish fly in this match that was pretty impressive. Uh, I gave it a 3.25. And then after that, we had Stephen Crowe, the Rhinestone Cowboy, versus Evan Rivers, Oh man, Evan Rivers gets better every time I see him. He's so quick, so smooth. He's always got something new up his sleeve. And Stephen Crow was pretty entertaining. Uh, I hadn't seen him before. This was my first show that the uh, Clandestine Society was on. Really good match. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was a 3.25. Uh, your sub main event was Liza Hall versus Jody Threat. Love both these wrestlers. Very excited to see Jody Threat. Unfortunately, I don't think this was the best type of match to showcase her in. I feel like Jody uh, does her best work when she's kind of getting her ass kicked. And this was a lot more of a, a technical bout. And I feel like putting it on second last, the crowd just wasn't in the right mood for this. Uh, I gave it a 2.75, but I would have maybe put this one on second uh, after the opening tag. And maybe it would have been received a little better. And then your main event for the WrestleCore Infinity Championship, the coolest belt in all of wrestling. Seriously, Google it. Uh, Michael Richard Blace defending the Infinity Championship against Funny Bone in what I can only describe as a chain rope deathmatch. Uh, the ropes were replaced with two-inch thick steel chains. There were some tables, some chairs, and even a staple gun. So I feel like this this, uh, qualifies for deathmatch status, even though it wasn't very bloody. Because I don't really feel like calling it hardcore was uh, quite enough. But anyways, this was a lot of fun. MRB is an incredible wrestler. He's so talented and he's just one of those guys who's been around enough that he knows how to do all the things, you know? Even if it's just like reacting to the crowd and like doing like the pantomime stuff um that's like, you know, simple but crucial. He's so good at it. And Funny Bone uh, is just a a great hardcore wrestler. He's got a great presence, a great look, and uh, he kept the crowd very into this match. It was very chaotic. There were some spots that unfortunately didn't work out. Like, there was a table uh, spot that didn't work because the table legs broke immediately. But this was still really, really fun and uh, had some crazy spots that drove the crown nuts so another 3.25 overall this was a very enjoyable indie show i had a great time my friends had a great time uh, if you are in the vancouver area definitely check out a wrestle core show at the rickshaw they're just a very different energy from a lot of the other live wrestling i've seen it's very punk rock and uh it's a good night out with your friends uh yeah this is my first wrestle core show and i had a lot of fun uh not the best show i've seen in vancouver A lot of the best Vancouver wrestlers were wrestling in Tacoma for Defy that night, so, you know, this was still a solid card considering that half the scene was away. And then, the final show that I managed to cram into this week while I was on ferries and buses was Wrestle Kingdom 17 Night 2, uh, co-produced by New Japan and NOAH. I honestly forgot this was a thing at first and I thought Wrestle Kingdom was already done, but uh no, you get more of it and this is the uh the New Japan versus Noah portion. I guess they're going to do this every year, which is pretty cool. Uh so we had two pre-show batches that were mostly made up, I believe of like the young boys from Noah. I don't know what they call them over there. Uh, but the first match, Taishi Ozawa and Yasutaka Yano versus Kosei Fujita and Ryohei Oiwa. Um, pretty solid, fast-paced tag, about 3 out of 5. I like Young Lion matches because you can tell everyone's working their ass off to try and impress people. Uh, so this was a fun one, 3 out of 5. And then we had Tomohiro Ishii and Oscar Lube versus Daiki Inaba and Masa Kitamiya. Uh... Kind of weird that they threw Ishii on the pre-show, but whatever. This was another um, solid tag bout for the pre-show on on Wrestle Kingdom. Honestly, it was better than most of the actual matches on the card. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, if you do end up watching Wrestle Kingdom, don't skip the opening matches. They're pretty short and pretty enjoyable. Then for the card proper, it opened with Bullet Club, El Phantasmo, Gato, and Kenta, teaming with Naomichi Marafuji versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, Satoshi Kojima, Takashi Segura, and Toro Yano. Uh, A lot of big names in this match. However, um, it was more of an exhibition sort of thing, kind of a friendlier match. Uh, Yano had some uh, fun comedy spots, though. So this was a 2.5. It wasn't bad. But uh, not a whole lot was going on. Then we have Yohei versus El Desperado. Uh, This was a pretty solid junior heavyweight match. Yohei had a bit of a better showing uh, than he did in the tag match I saw him in earlier this month. Uh, You can definitely tell the uh, Hardy Boys influence on him. And the commentators were uh, very astute to mention that. And once he can actually do some more high-flying, he's a bit better than my initial impression of him. And El Desperado is really solid as well. So this was a 2.75. Uh, as was the next six-man tag, Alejandro, Amakusa, and Junta Mayawaki versus six or nine, Master Wato and Ryusuke Taguchi, along with Tiger Mask. Um, Tiger Mask looked really good in this match. Um... I don't remember a whole lot else about it, though, unfortunately. I gave it a 2.75. It was far from bad. But, again, another six-man tag in Japan where everyone's just kind of spinning their wheels. Uh, After that, however, (sighs) if you've heard anything about this show, you've probably heard about this match. Kaito Kiyomiya and Yoshiki Inamura versus Kazuchika Okada and Togi Makabe. This is... Not so much a match as a moment in time. It's it's a little more of an angle, uh, cause it gets thrown out pretty quickly as a No contest. But honestly, this was awesome. I was on the edge of my seat watching it. Um, you might have seen the clip already, but Kiyomiya basically just hauls off and boots Okada in the face and he just starts seeing red and just beats the piss out of him until they have to call the match Um, yeah as soon as the actual angle kicked off my eyes were glued to the screen this was great stuff it felt so real the upcoming singles match between these two guys is going to be big big business Uh, I can't wait for it honestly Uh, Okada's at his best when he's A bit of a shithead, and this is him just primed and ready to put on an incredible Okada singles match. Yeah, bring on Kiyomiya versus Okada. I can't fucking wait. 3.75, which is very high praise for a six-minute match that mostly didn't have a whole lot of wrestling. If you watch anything from this show, you should at least check out the clip of their brawl, because it's it's good stuff. And then we have the beginning of the best of five series between Los Ingobernables de Japan El Gobble Nobles, versus Congo from from Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, This is kind of the feud for this show that has been building the most. I really liked Keno showing up at Tetsuya Naito's Restaurant and just shitting on the place that was pretty cool. Uh, but the first match was Tadasuke versus Bushi. Never seen Tadasuke before, and I'm not a huge Bushi fan. But this match was all right, it was a 2.75 for me. Um, nothing really to complain about, but nothing huge to praise either. Uh, second match was Hiromu Takahashi versus Hajime Ohara. Um, yeah, I like Takahashi, but this wasn't the kind of match that showcases why he's great. Um, and it just kind of, it just kind of was, I don't know what to say about it other than it was a 2.5. It was fine. Uh, after that, Manubu, uh, Manabu Soya versus Sonata. Sonata's another one that I'm, I'm on the fence about. I don't really know how I feel about him. I haven't seen a fantastic Sonata match yet. Um, Maybe I never will. I don't know. This match was just okay. 2.5. Uh, and then your s- penultimate bout, Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Shingo Takagi. Finally, this feud feels like it's going somewhere um, about 40 minutes before the show is over. But uh, Shingo and Nakajima here had a really entertaining bout. Uh, it was very hard-hitting basically what you'd want to see out of a high-profile singles match in Japan. Just really good stuff. Shingo's offense is awesome, very explosive, and the crowd were very into this one, and that definitely helped. And then your main event, the leader of Congo Kenno versus Tetsuya Naito of the Ingobernables. Um... Man, yeah, I I've seen a lot of reactions to this match and I got to say none of them are really all that positive. Uh I agree with a lot of people's uh assessment that this match just doesn't really get off the ground. I feel like if they took out a lot of the kind of time wasting and slow spots in the opening 5 to 10 minutes and then just replaced it with all the stuff they did at the end of the match and then maybe did a little more, this would feel like a Wrestle Kingdom made event, but that's not what you ended up having here. This was a real letdown, honestly. I've only seen one Kano match before, but it was red hot. And, uh, you know, honestly, I gotta say, I know he's very popular, but I'm not crazy about Naito. I don't know if I've ever seen a Naito match that, like, really set the world on fire for me. So, yeah, this just really didn't do it and kind of fell kind of flat and the whole show sort of it leaves you with a a feeling of maybe this wasn't necessary (laughs) um but you know it, it was a fine night of wrestling there was nothing bad just for how heated and how exciting this type of show should be uh there's only two matches that I would I would call good, and one of them was barely a match. So, yeah, uh, real conflicting feelings coming off of Wrestle Kingdom seventeen night two. I'm very glad there's only two nights because I don't think I could handle more Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, this is this was weird. Uh, I'm excited to see Okada versus Kiyomiya. I'm glad that there's uh, a hot singles match coming off of this show. But there wasn't really a hot singles match on this show, and that's uh, unfortunate. Kenno versus Naito should have been a barn burner, and it's just unfortunate that it wasn't. Hey, look at that! We finished before an hour today. Just to quickly uh, go through some of my thoughts about the week in general. Uh, See, so yeah, I watched 90 matches in total. Uh, I'd say the best was by far Kenny King versus Speedball Mike Bailey on Impact. Seriously, run, do not walk, go check it out. It's awesome. Uh, worst match was LA Knight versus Brent Jones on SmackDown. I'd have to say the best show, it was tricky because there wasn't a great show this week, but I think Dynamite was probably the most consistently good. Uh, best wrestler, I'd say, was Speedball Mike Bailey by a country mile, although Kushida was pretty close. It was really cool getting to see Kushida wrestle like Kushida again. And most mid, once again, goes to NXT. I, you know, they usually start that show off pretty hot, but then the rest of it is just like, why should I care? I really don't get it. And it makes me so sad because I used to be a huge NXT stand. Overall, this was not the best week for wrestling. Um, after Hard to Kill, I only rated two matches uh, above a four this week. So, that's a, a bit of a letdown, especially for AEW, because they've been uh, quite hot as of late. But the only match that was truly fantastic was uh, Darby versus Kushida. But uh, still, not not terrible wrestling. I only saw one match where I was like, okay, this is bad. So we'll see what next week brings. We're getting close to the Rumble. WrestleMania season is coming up. i got to definitely watch more than 90 matches next week. I'll tell you that much. But I have a lot of stuff to catch up on. I think there's two stardom shows to watch. Uh, There's a TJPW Max Hart tournament show. uh, And then there's Prestige and Defy from last week that happened at the same time. i got to catch up on those as well. So lots of wrestling to see. We'll see how much of it I get through next week. If anyone's listening to this, uh, thank you so much. This is mostly just a... an opportunity for me to spill all my thoughts out onto the internet as i do horrible horrible things to my psyche by forcing it to watch wrestling nonstop. uh you can follow me on twitter at at matt Basky, or the show at throw taters show and uh yeah i don't know what else to say other than smoke weed and watch wrestling <laughs>